Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Developers, universities, charities, and even sporting organizations are receiving tens of millions of euro from Chinese people in exchange for the right to live here. The government scheme, dubbed the Golden Visa, was set up during the recession to try and encourage wealthy non-Europeans to invest or donate money in Ireland. But the vast majority of applicants are from China, and we now know some of the organizations in receipt of the money because of an investigation by the Irish Times. One of them is the Peter McVeary Trust, which is the social housing charity. It had received four million euro. That is a considerable amount of money, but it's dwarfed by the sum of forty million, which has been raised so far by the iCare social housing charity. Another organisation is Trinity College Dublin, which has received almost fifteen million euro. We don't know who's donating the money or who's receiving it. Unless they declare it voluntarily, Department of Justice officials have raised concerns about the level of Chinese participation in the scheme. But cutting it would remove a major source of revenue for social housing charities and universities. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, who really benefits from Ireland's golden visa scheme? Arthur Beasley is Irish Times current affairs editor. Arthur, you report that officials in the Department of Justice are concerned about the number of wealthy Chinese people getting visas to live in Ireland under the so-called Golden Visa Scheme. What is that? This is the immigrant investor program, which was introduced in 2012 at the height of the financial crisis when the country was starved of investment. The idea was. That、uh, wealthy people outside the European Union and the and a couple of other countries beside could gain a right of residency in Ireland by making an investment of one million euro in a company or a fund approved by the government, or by making a charitable endowment of five hundred thousand or four hundred thousand in certain cases. That was back in twenty twelve, eleven years ago, and、uh, now concern is growing that. The beneficiaries of this scheme—that that the scheme essentially is, is weighted far too heavily、uh, in favour of people from China coming in. Gets you a residence permit. You don't have to get a job. You don't have to marry a European citizen. You don't have to start a business or hire people. It's just an investment. And so, if you are, let's say, a U.S. or a Canadian citizen right now, with your passport, you're limited to spending half your time in Europe. Now you can spend all of your time there. If you're a Chinese citizen, for example, now you can spend all of your time there when you had no access before. Um, but 
really the kind of person who should consider a golden visa. So, in fact, you talk about the word in your piece is skewed. What, what do you mean in figures? Well, it said there were almost 1,300 applications last year to join the scheme from people in China. That's 1,275. And from the rest of the world, there were only 41. Now, that was a huge jump in the overall number of applications. But the huge escalation, there was word had filtered out that this scheme was under review. That is a matter of public record. The agents and brokers in China who go around meeting people, trying to get them to put their money into Irish organisations, they had let it be known that there was some kind of a question mark over the scheme and that people had better get the skids on in terms of making their applications. So essentially there was more than 100 a month last year. Why are Chinese people... What's in it for them? What's in it for them to invest in Ireland? What's in it for them is a formal right of residency in a European Union country, simply in return for handing over their money. And that could be a very valuable thing if such people came under pressure in their own homeland. Now, the official figures don't make any distinction between people in China or in Hong Kong. But the fact of the matter is that you have a kind of a security crackdown going on in Hong Kong after pro-democracy protests. You also have increasing authoritarianism in mainland China itself. And people who work in this environment in Dublin would say that the Irish scheme is seen by some applying for it as a form of an insurance policy where they to come seriously into the crosshairs of the regime and that this would give them a right of residency outside the country and in the European Union. But now we're not outliers in this. Most EU countries have similar sort of golden visa schemes. It's not just us. It's not just us. There are, there, there are some elsewhere. There's no doubt in Europe and in the United States. The concern here is that the stream of applications is now overwhelmingly from one location. So we have all this money coming into the country from Chinese investors. Where is it going? Well, this, this is the question. It's very hard to, to gauge where exactly the money is going because the Department of Justice will not reveal the destination of the money, nor indeed the beneficiaries of residency. I applied under the Freedom of Information Act for all of that data and was refused on grounds of commercial sensitivity. Such grounds overrode any issue of public transparency or the right to know. Such information as we have, as I report in the newspaper, was gleaned from filings in the company's office, filings in the charities regulator office, filings on the lobbying.ie website, and indeed in some promotional declarations on the, on the websites of companies that use some of this money for their own commercial ends. But these are promotional declarations. These are not statutory declarations, there's no such thing. And it's very difficult to gauge, indeed, how much money exactly is is coming in and for what purposes it is spent. So while you found recipients very shy of coming forward and saying, yes, we got X amount of money from a Chinese investor and the Chinese investor's name is, is whatever, you were able to find out some companies, some charities who got money. Could you just give us a, a, a very brief and broad outline? One of them is the Peter McVeary Trust, which is the social housing charity. That charity said that it had received €4 million from via the Immigrant Investor Programme. That is a considerable amount of money, but it's dwarfed 
by the sum of 40 million, which has been raised so far by the iCare social housing charity. That uh, figure was disclosed to me by David Hall. He is the chief executive of iCare and he told me last week that the charity expects to apply in the next month for another 40, for approval to receive another 40 million under this scheme. These are vast sums of money. Another organisation which is not keen at all to talk about the money it has received is Trinity College Dublin, which has received almost 15 million euro from the programme. Trinity College, like other universities, declined to provide the information to our colleague Jack Power when he made a series of freedom of information requests. The information about Trinity College emerged only on the minute of an audit committee meeting which took place a year ago. So that shows real lack of transparency. If people have to be so hyper alert to try to find out, if people like journalists like you have to be so hyper alert to try to find out who's getting this money. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, what, what's going on here essentially is that you have a public good which can be granted only by the government, by the state. That public good is residency in Ireland. That public good is exchanged for money for people from anywhere outside the European economic area. But we have no way of gauging, really, where the totality of that money is going, who the beneficiaries are, and who indeed is paying the money because the information is not revealed by the Department of Justice. So it's very difficult. You could, you could say there are arguments which would say that, yes, the state at the time... Uh, in 2012 was starved of investment, money is needed. There are arguments that would say, yes, we need money for social housing from wherever we could get it. There is a counter-argument that would say, surely it's not the job of wealthy people in China to be paying for social housing and argument. There are all those arguments, but those arguments uh, are framed against the backdrop of information which is very, very obscure and certainly not um, information that is put into the public domain by the government. So, Arthur, look, we know that in the charity sector, in the education sector, in many sectors, fundraising is big business, okay? What I don't really understand is how a fundraiser here figures out how to get access to this Chinese money. How does it work for, you know, Organisation A? I think Organisation A would probably have someone who's responsible for raising money. That person in turn would have contact with whoever it is in China, has dealings with people who are interested in becoming Irish residents under this scheme. The company or the charity, in order to receive such money, has to be approved by the Department of Justice. In turn, the donors or the investors outside of Europe who want to come in, they too must be approved by the Department of Justice. There have been cases where people have been refused access for whatever reason, because of something that emerges in their record or because there are doubts that they actually have the required €2 million or some equivalent to €2 million in the bank and where there are suspicions that it's not their money, that it's borrowed money that they're planning to invest here. What doesn't appear to be regulated is the transaction that takes place between the beneficiary here and their agent, be that agent in Dublin or in China. 
And these fees are quite considerable if you're talking 20% of €400,000 for an endowment or 500000 20% is a lot of money. Coming up, why are these investors not taking up the right to reside here after investing their millions? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, we talk about Irish residency and we talk about the numbers of Chinese wealthy Chinese people who've got this Irish residency. Why am I not aware or conscious of all these Chinese business people here? A, there's no system of public disclosure. So we don't really know who the people are, but there are some who work with them who would say that uh, many actually don't indeed exercise the right of residency. They're required to spend one night uh, per year in the state, and that essentially this is a form of insurance for them should they, as as stated, come into the crosshairs of uh, uh, their own government. Now, that's an argument But the fact is that this procedure, this immigrant investor program, this is not international protection for wealthy people. This is supposed to be for investment in companies and charities and people doing good works in this country. So, I mean, I suppose we're talking, you know, days after the US shot down the enormous Chinese balloon. Diplomatic crisis between world's two great powers. Today, the United States downed a suspected Chinese spy balloon that's been floating across the country for days. CBS two Which was, you know, it was either a benign weather balloon uh, that got lost or, well, or else it was a spy balloon. Might have been very windy up there, <laughs> very high in the sky. So, you know, our government being concerned about the number of Chinese getting visas, is that part, do you think, of a, a general Western unease about China and its intentions? I think that's there in the backdrop. There is, there has been, concern has been expressed at European level about these golden visa schemes. This is about a visa right of residency. It's not about passports. But uh, I think this kind of program is generally frowned upon in Europe, and I think it's frowned upon more and more. EU lawmakers have voted in favour of ending the sale of EU passports to third country citizens in a bid to prevent Russian oligarchs escape sanctions as part of the war in Ukraine. If you, if you see where people are coming from, the, the main groups are uh, Russians and Chinese. So that means that you have to rely on the Russian and the Chinese authorities to provide us with background information on those people. How reliable is that information? The resolution will go to the European Commission. Now, the government can do what it wants within... That's the, it's, 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 a, it's a policy matter. But the, I, have, I have certainly picked up a degree of concern in Dublin that this thing may become problematic in an environment where tensions between the West and China have increased. 
in an environment where Xi Jinping in China, his regime, it's, it's more and more authoritarian, in an environment where you had this security crackdown in Hong Kong, people trying to get out of Hong Kong, people trying to get their money out of Hong Kong. That's not what this thing is for. But there are many who would say that is what it has become used for. And I think that's, that's, that's at root what's going on in this discussion. Now, it's important to say this review has, that the government has been undertaking has been going on for years. Yeah, Kevin McEntee, it- the Minister for Justice, received a report, the sec- a, a second report on this programme in November of 2020. So, okay, there's a couple of things there. So you say the review is going on, officials in the department are saying, oh, there's an awful lot of Chinese getting these visas, we need to do something about that. Or maybe, Is there a sense that there's tremendous lobbying from certain sectors to say, no, no, we need to keep this tap, this tap, we need to keep this tap on? The, because surely it's in the government's gift to say, actually, you know what? No, we're not going to give those visas. Because the, the big applications, big, but presumably there's a massive process, presumably it's in the government's gift to say, you know what? No. What we know is that officials in the Department of Justice last year called for the scheme to be suspended for new programmes, right? The programme itself, to which the money goes, must be approved by the department. What we also know is that the last time the government made public the amount of money raised is that 1.17 billion euro has come in, which is a lot of money. And the fact is that where you have housing charities, universities, sporting groups taking in millions and millions of euro. That's millions and millions of euro that they might otherwise ask the government yeah. for. So I think there is something of a, there is a tension there between officials who are saying, hold on a minute, we need to look again at this. And then there's the real politic of a government that knows that if this funding tap is closed, there's going to be people coming to the government saying, well, are you going to give us the money? You have closed the door here. And one of the most interesting aspects here was that universities who declined to make any, pretty much any, meaningful information available to our colleague Jack Parr, they were very, very quick out the door around the switchover in government at the end of last year. There was a few weeks before the cabinet reshuffle when Helen McEntee, the Justice Minister, had gone on maternity leave. Heather Humphreys, who had replaced Helen McEntee, took command of the Department of Justice for the space of a few weeks before the cabinet reshuffle when Simon Harris came in. And within that space of a few weeks, the lobby group for Irish universities, the Association of Irish universities, was very quick to send a letter to Heather Humphreys Uh, telling her that they thought the scheme was a good thing and saying that it shouldn't be shut down. So, I mean, that seems to me to reflect a sense of concern out there that this thing uh, may be, this programme may be pared back, curtailed, whatever, uh, in a pretty significant way. I can see why sort of the education lobby groups, they'd be in there and, and others, charities, so on, they'd be in there saying, this is a good thing. And million, like literally more than a billion coming into the country. What's the problem? Well, it seems to me that basically there's a lack of transparency. We don't know who's getting the money. Such people as have declared they've got the money on their websites, they include large developers such as Bartra, Fitzwilliam Group and others. But we don't really know who the others are. And when you do a thought of the 
totality of the money declared by people, um, it it comes far short of the one billion, and it, you know, the, and the figures are greatly in excess of a billion. They're they're one point one seven billion uh, as of the third quarter last year. So we don't know where the money is really going. We don't know who it's coming from. We don't know the commissions that are paid. We don't know who the agents are. We don't know the conditions under which the agents are bringing people into the scheme, and we have a scheme which is under review by the government for years, and no outcome, no outcome, no decision. So, you know, you, you talked in your in your piece about the Department of Justice is, you know, hand-wringing about the number of Chinese people getting visas. But, but I mean, the Department of Justice is integral to the whole process, as you just explained. They have to approve the, the organisation here trying to get the money. They have to approve the, the, the Chinese person, uh, you know, seeking to get the visa. So, and the, and the Department of Justice has also been undertaking this massive review that's been going on for years. So I don't actually understand the hand-wringing. This ultimately will boil down to a political decision to suspend, scrap, stop, overhaul, curtail, pare back, refine, whatever you want to say. Ultimately, that is going to be a political decision. What appears to have happened happened is that the review underway for years is now under review again against a backdrop of this massive surge last year. So the the decision is coming. We know what the department says. We don't know yet what the politicians say. For more Irish Times journalism, including Arthur Beasley's in-depth report into the Golden Visa Scheme, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon and Aideen Finnegan. In the news, we'll be back on Friday. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.